Thanks, Nick. Good morning, everybody. Let's just... Um, <clears throat> one of the things that people are really good at is missing what God's doing in a moment. Let me just say that again. One of the things we're really good at is missing what God's doing in a moment. Because we're so focused on where we think we should be or what God should be doing, we actually miss what he is doing. Today, my encouragement is don't miss what God is doing. In this moment, right here with you, with us. Don't miss it. For the busyness of the things that you've got planned for later on today, for the things that you came into this room with that are running around inside your heads and your hearts that are trying to tell you what you should be busy about, don't miss it. Don't miss what God has prepared in advance for those who love him. Don't miss it. There's a lot of things that consume our minds. There's a lot of things that buy for our attention. There's a lot of things that uh, we think God should be busy doing. But don't miss what he actually is doing today. Don't miss what he's saying to your heart. Don't miss what he's saying to your circumstances and to your life. Hey, this morning we are going to, if you have your Bible, we're going to read a bit of it together or your phone Bible, your phone app. Grab it out now and get it ready. We're going to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in a few moments, but just to prep you and get you ready for it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's near the back of the book. It's written by a guy called Paul and... um, He's writing it from one place and he shoves it into the hands of a young bloke and he says, here, go and deliver this to that church that, um, that we planted way back. And so, um, so Timothy takes this back to Thessalonica and, uh, and delivers this to the people of Jesus there. So get that ready. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But before we go there, I'll just get you to jump onto the first slide. Thanks, Jake. Um, let me just read this, uh, read this quote out to you. God has been working miracles throughout history, and he still does it today. And as his people, we can walk in his power to bring his kingdom going about our lives naturally. We pray for healing and miracles, and we listen to God's voice in all circumstances. Have you ever heard that saying, um, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? Have you ever met someone who's just so heavenly minded? So, and, and it's usually used as a bit of a derogatory statement. It's like they are off with the fairies somewhere and they're living somewhere up there in the ether and their, their life is actually a complete wreck and ruin. Uh, and yet they're, they're, they're thinking that they're in this wonderful space when their story is actually telling another story their life is telling another story altogether because they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good now the reality is behind that little saying behind that little observation is a truism and the truism is a way of thinking about the world and that way of thinking most of us have inside us and most of us have been educated thoroughly in it. 
and that is that everything up there is spiritual and everything down here is natural. And there's this massive divide between the two. That's a worldview where people have been, you know, particularly in Jesus' people in the modern era of the church have been told to separate out their thinking. Oh, no, we just need to think up there and we need to be busy about everything up there because ultimately we're all going to live up there. So don't worry about what's down here. Don't think about what's happening down here. Get busy about what's up there because this is all going to go away one day. Now, that's a modern take, the modern church's take on a worldview that's really ancient. It's really old. It's, it's stuff that, that Paul, and he, we're going to punch into that in a minute, Paul addresses so that the Jesus people in the earth would be a people who reflect the maker of both heaven and earth. God is not opposed to the earth. God is reconciling everything to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So that Paul's writing to the Jesus people in Thessalonica that they would be a heaven and earth people. Just like Paul encouraged the Colossians, you know, have your mind centered on heavenly things where Christ is ruling and reigning at the right hand of God the Father. Let your mind be informed by the reality of the living Christ who has come, who has died and resurrected and now ascended and rules and reigns the heavens and the earth from his lordship where he gets to do the Father's will into the earth. And he, Jesus, brings it all together for us. And Paul writes to the Colossians, he says, yes, set your mind on things above. In other words, get your thinking out of the spiritual, cultural powers and influences that are at work in the earth that are so base and depraved and empty of God Get your head out of that and up into the Lordship of Christ, who in his resurrection is redeeming everything. Everything, including your street where you live. Everything. He's not coming to somehow burn it all up. He's come to make everything new in his Lordship. So we need to be a heaven and earth people. That's what we're meant to be as the Jesus people. In our everyday life, we bring the kingdom. In our everyday life, I'm not looking every day. I am not looking for some spiritual silver bullet that's going to make everything different. What I am going to be doing is walking my every day faithfully with Jesus, looking for where the Father is at work, bringing his good news kingdom into the life of the people that I live with every day. And I'm going to join in with that. And by the power of the Spirit, going to see his kingdom come on the earth, just as it is in the heavens, just like Jesus taught us to pray. So yes, we're meant to be heavenly minded. We're meant to be informed by who God is, his character, his ways, his ruling, his power, his authority, his forgiveness. All of this is manifested in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the one who came, died and resurrected and now rules and reigns. It's in him. 
that we have our living. It's in Him that we have our being. It's in Him that we have our purpose. And He is making all things new, heaven and earth. We don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We want to be heavenly minded so that we can be of consequence in the earth, just like in the heavens. Can you, are, you getting the, are you getting the nudge? Are you getting me this morning? Because this is a big one, and it's, a, it's, it's one that's at work in the, in the church over the modern era. That's been, this stuff that we're pushing into here right now, it's really important that we get it. We, as the people who have heard the good news message of Jesus, that the kingdom of God is at hand, we who have entered into a relationship with him as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as the King himself, we who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we are now heaven and earth people, bringing heaven into the earth. And we are naturally supernatural people bringing that kingdom of Jesus to everything that does not look like heaven, even, even when we're taking the rubbish out to the curb at night. Even in these things. Even in these things. In the everyday. Somehow we, we kind of separate the well, this God spirit stuff, we keep it all up there and the, the daily do list, it, it's, it's somehow spiritualless. Untrue. Everything we do, the way we go about doing it, fueled with the spirit, reflects the character, the lordship and the kingdom of God. Everything we do, even the way we take out the bin. How on earth would we connect taking out the rubbish to the good news message of Jesus? Well, this is how. This is how. We are meant to be heaven and earth people. When you drive out of the driveway, where you, you know, and you, you've got to give way to the person because our, you know, our estates are a little bit closer and the roads aren't as big as they once were when they make these estates anymore. And so when you're backing out, you've got to take into consideration all the other awkwardly parked cars in the street and it's, it's not convenient or easy. Or, and and it's, what's, what's our attitudinal response to where people have parked the car in the street at night that makes my job backing my car out a little bit more challenging? What do I do in that moment? Oh, I wish they would just go. Or, Lord, would you touch that person for, because my attention has been drawn to them. Would you touch them with the power of your kingdom today when they get in their car, just as much as I'm asking that you would do that for me in my car? When it comes to building a kingdom life, we need to be so heavenly minded Enough that we walk every moment in the power of the Spirit to see heaven come to earth, to see the rule and reign of God, the will of the Father, come and invade every sector of our daily life. We're not looking for a spiritual silver bullet moment. We're not living for a move or a, mo or a movement. We're not living in the hope of a spiritual behavior that will somehow, if I can do this, I'll bend God's arm and everything will change. No, we are invited to give our life away to Jesus and let Jesus, the one who is King and Lord of all, let him lead us in our everyday moments, in our everyday moments to see the good news come. 
in the way Matt cuts hair at, at Castledine, in the way Andrew lays bricks all over Brisbane, in the way that, uh, that, that Scott is working for, you know, the, um, the department. <laughs> I can't even think of the name of it. Centrelink, that's it. The way Scott's working at Centrelink. The way that Shane up there, when he's doing the, that home-based business of looking after dogs in the, from around the neighbourhood because people are going away and travelling, in the way that he does that. All of these things, how are we bringing the kingdom of God to the people that Jesus has got us living amongst to be his good news people that bring heaven on earth? We are invited to step into and live in the fullness of a minute-by-minute relationship with Jesus as King and seeing His life and love flood our every setting, our vocational spaces, our marriages, our parenting, our dreaming, our care for the poor and the broken ones, the use of our money, the way our neighbor's dog won't be quiet over the fence at night and yet we're called to love them, the way that we use our physical body to and work to bring freedom for all of those who are caught in all forms of spiritual or institutional oppression. We're invited to be the heaven and earth people of Jesus. Let's grab our Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Again, just for a quick reminder, this is written by Paul. And if you want to get a bit of the backstory of where Paul begins to meet with these people in Thessalonians, you, you can go back later and read Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, you get the sort of the, the backstory of why now Paul's writing a letter to them. Um, but the church was born because Paul went to this little town, or it's, it was actually a bit more than little, and it was a bit of an economic powerhouse and, and a place of trading and goods and business and all of that at Thessalonica, and Paul went firstly to the Jewish temple, and he started to preach the good news of Jesus is the Messiah that the Jewish people have been looking and waiting for, and it's all been fulfilled now because of Jesus. He's the one. And so Paul starts preaching there, and a few of them convert and give their life over to Jesus as the Messiah, the one they've always wanted and longed for. But at the same time, as these Jewish people are now becoming Jesus people, At the same time, there's all these other Gentile people, happily referred to as pagans, who are now giving their life over to Jesus because they're hearing the message of the good news. They're seeing the way that these Jesus people are going about doing the kingdom life. And as a result of that, these pagan people are coming, or Gentile people, or people like you and me, they're now making the big decision. And the big decision they've made is they're moving from saying that Caesar is Lord to now they're abandoning. Now, this is, hang on to this one. They're abandoning their faith in Caesar. It's a spiritual activity to confess that Caesar is Lord because Caesar was believed to be the manifest son of God in the earth. And now they're saying, these Jesus people are saying, hang on a minute, Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. So they're abandoning the faith of the culture. They're abandoning the spiritual practices of the culture. And they are now becoming, listen to this, they are now becoming a threat to the social fabric of the day. 
that Jesus' people are becoming a threat because they're abandoning the worldviews of all of the pagan spirituality and demonic practices that are in place. They're abandoning that. And now they're saying Jesus is Lord. And as a result of that, they are now viewed suspiciously. They're now viewed as, oh, don't trust them. They're those Jesus people. They're, they're actually going crazy because they have a worldview that says Jesus is Lord. Does that, does that sound familiar? <laughs> it should. It was, they were so much a risk. They were publicly opposed to Paul and against the Jesus people, and they even went door to door hunting for them. You can read that in Acts 17, 18. Paul's hiding out in a guy called Jason's house. And all of these people like, bang, 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 where is he? We need to shut this guy down. We need to shut this message down. We need to stop this idea of Jesus as Lord at all cost. Paul gets on. He's, he's out of there. He's on to the next place. But anyway, go back and read that one. So on the one hand, these Jesus people are living in a hostile cultural moment. Hello. And on the other hand, their other big concern, if you read the whole of their book, this, this letter, their other big concern is what happens when we die and when will Jesus return and what will that look like? They're the two big things they're concerned about in this book. They're concerned about how do we live under the cultural pressure of the moment and when will Jesus come and what will that look like? Now, what tends to happen is people want to live at one end or the other. But well, let's read it. Luke, uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. If we can pop that up on the screen, it's about the uh, fifth slide in. Thanks, Jake. There we go. If you haven't got a Bible, it's on the screen for you. So Paul's writing and he says to them, now, about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more and make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life would win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent upon others. When it comes to building a kingdom of God life, when the resurrected Jesus comes and says to you, even as he says to the disciples and he says to me in his, after he's been resurrected from the dead, the first thing he does is he has breakfast with them and he says what? Follow me. Follow me. When it comes to the kingdom life, building a kingdom life of following God, God is interested in every single part of our, that our life makes up. He's not just interested in the spirit bit so that the spirit gets to go and party in heaven. He's interested in every aspect of our life. Even that's where 
John 20, where Jesus was talking to John or Peter at the beach. It was like about, he spoke to, to Peter about the way he would die because God, Jesus, is, and, 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 and that, that Peter would, would die a death that would glorify God. God is interested in our physical body. He's interested in our spirit. He's interested in our mind. He's interested in our present. He's interested in the way we die and how we go about dying. And he's interested in the hope and the power of the resurrection for us. That's why he went to the grave and rose again on the third day. All of it, all of it, that he's interested in every aspect of our life. Not just the spiritual stuff. And think that he's not interested in the everyday stuff of real life choices, of learning how to love. Well, look, let's just quickly, um, if we can go to the next slide. Thanks, Jake. Paul uses this, this little bit of teaching to give like a few tips on what a kingdom life looks like. The first thing he says is love one another. Have that brotherly concern for each other. When you hear each other is not doing so good, get on the phone, send a text. If, if, if you know that they're ill, hey, can I cook a meal? I mean, God's interested in this fundamental stuff because he hasn't separated those actions from the work of his kingdom as somehow less than spiritual. They are fully spiritual when Jesus is Lord and filling them, and breathing into them. Jesus is deeply interested in, in and, and Paul says, just be concerned for each other's well-being. And he's, he's saying this about the Jesus people to the Jesus people in this moment, in that piece of scripture. He's not talking to the people that aren't saved yet, that don't know Jesus. He's talking to the Jesus people. Jesus people should love Jesus people. And it's interesting... <laughs> It's really interesting here because he says, you're already doing this and I actually don't even have to teach you about it. So if you went to the next slide, thanks, uh, thanks Stephen. Um, he says, God is busy teaching these people, these Jesus people. So my question is, what's God teaching me in this moment about my everyday life? filled with the Holy Spirit, going about ev everyday things. What's Jesus already speaking? I don't even need some sort of guru to tune into to tell me something because God is already at work talking to me. He's already at work talking to you. It's just that we've been taught to mistrust and invest all of our authority in someone else other than Jesus, who lives in you and through you by the power of his spirit, who is trustworthy of listening to and being obedient to when he says, come on, follow me. Taught by God. What's God been teaching you lately? And does it manifest in an increased love for Jesus' people? Does it, does it manifest in an increased love for the fellowship of believers? Does it, does it manifest in an increased love for the people of Jesus, like locally, Nas nationally? Let's go bigger than that. Let's, what about inter globally? 
One of the beautiful things is that I can point at straight away is that that we've been a part of a, a group of churches around Australia called Vineyard Churches Australia. And over the last few uh, weeks, there's little churches all around Australia have been emptying their pockets to send money to the Jesus people in the Ukraine. Over $30,000 has just been tipped out towards them. That, that, that's, that's what Paul's talking about. Where it doesn't look like heaven, how can we join the Father's heart that he wants to teach us how to love what doesn't look like heaven until it does? And in practical terms, oh God, here's my money. I can't get on a plane. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to jump into those sort of frontline circumstances. But here I am. Here's what I have. Could you use that, Lord, for the well-being of the extended Jesus people in the earth? What's God been teaching you? And is it increasing in love for his people, for his church? No matter what stripe or brand is over the door, do you love his people? Wow, do you love his people? Do you love his people? Is there an increased love? Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul's saying here, you, you, you're doing this. He says, you're not only loving each other in Thessalonica. He says, you've been doing it throughout all of Macedonia. He's talking about a massive region. It's like he's saying something that God's doing in your heart right there is touching hearts all over, the, over this region of Macedonia. And I don't even have to teach you about that. But what he does say is he does say, but I am going to say this to you. Do it more. <laughs> oh, do it more. Paul calls them on to being even more engaged with what God is doing in them and through them. And I love this little word. Uh, the next one, thanks, uh, thanks Stephen. Grab the next one. It's, he, he uses this word, be ambitious. Be ambitious. Interesting word, that, ambition. I'm sure we've probably either seen a little bit of ambition in our own life at times, in circumstances, in opportunities, in relationships. We've even seen people who hold um, all sorts of places of, 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 of power and influence and institutional um, leadership in the land, and you can see these people are, have an ambition driving them. There's something in them driving them. And Paul says, be like that. But the way that he uses this word, though, in the context in which he's using this word, he's saying, strive to lift up, to love, and to honor those around you that God's placed you in. Do everything. Be ambitious. If you're going to be ambitious for anything, it's to be in a posture of exalting others over self-exaltation. Now, that's really tough in our cultural moment, isn't it? Well, there's, there's like everything and everyone is filling every airway and bit of media space and post billboard and commercial and, and um, news feed and and Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok, and you name it, 
Snapchat, it's all about self-glorification and be ambitious for you at becoming known and perceived and being an influencer. And if you're not participating in that, then you're nobody. Because that's what everyone is spending their time, energy, and resource on. That's the cultural ways and the spiritual dynamics of the world in which we live. And God's calling us as the Jesus people, even like he's talking to Paul in them, to the church in Thessalonica, in their moment, he's saying, there's another way to do this. There's another way to do this. If only we would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour. There's another way to do this. It's not about, you know, I heard the other day someone saying it's not about promoting oneself and being ambitious to the point where you get a, get a platform, you get a stage, you get a green room, you get a your bodyguard, you get a nice car. It's got nothing to do with any of that. None of it. They're just a whole bunch of cultural norms and mediums that unfortunately even the body of Jesus has adopted to somehow make itself feel good like we're doing the right thing. No, 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 no. Oh, be rebels, will ya? Just be these dangerous Jesus people who refuse, refuse to live that cultural narrative, who refuse to adopt that spirit of this age. I'm not saying don't use those tools and don't use those mediums, but do them in such a way that it's not self-exaltation. It's exaltation of the ones that you're nearest to and the ones that you're furthest from and the ultimately the exaltation of Jesus. I'm not saying be, to be guilted by using these things. Not at all. Use them for the glory of God. Use them for the glory of our King. Paul says in, to make it our ambition, and it's not, he's saying this big question to us. He's saying, what am I doing today to partner with the Holy Spirit to exalt what God is doing in the people around me today? Today, be ambitious for that. Like, I know we all came tearing in here with, I need God to solve all my problems today. I know we did that, and that's totally fine. Because God's actually put people in this room around you right now to be the answer to that very thing that you came in with. Because some of us, what are we going to do is we're going to be really quick, as soon as Kirk wraps up and stops dribbling on here, we're going to be really quick to shut the book and get the heck out. But in the process, what we're doing is we're shortchanging ourselves from the very gift of God that is coming to us by the power of His Spirit through loving people that he's placed us among who most of the time we turn up to each other and we go I got no idea on how to fix or help God and God says that's all right step towards it I will fill you with my spirit I'll grace you with my gifts I will give you words and pictures and encouragement and things to say that will set them free and heal them and and see their lives come fully alive to Jesus so hear me when I say you, you, you are a gift from God to me. Even, even though you might be feeling like, I can't be qualified, I'm not good enough, and I've done this just before I came in here and I yelled at the cat and all of that. Just shut that stuff down. Shut that stuff, turn the volume down on that. 
And this, I don't have to teach you about it because God's already talking to you about it, even before you got here. Dallas Willard says from his book, The Great Omission, this is a good one. He says, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Don't be opposed to partnering with God and being ambitious to learn and to grow and and do all of that. It's opposed to earning. We're not doing it to earn anything. We're doing it because Jesus has touched our life. He's become our king and we're now becoming like him. And we want to see other people come alive as well. Next one. Thanks. I'm going to quickly tear through these now. Uh, uh, Jake, make your ambition to lead a quiet life. Again, um, Paul here is, is, is talking about a peaceable life, a peaceful life, a life where people who get to hang around you when they do, there's a sense of calm in the storm when they're near you because of the presence of Jesus. It's like, I don't know why I, need, I like being near you, but there's those people in our life that God has situ- situated around us by his goodness, that when we're near them, we feel like it's going to be okay. You got those people in your, you know those people in your life? They're, that's, they're a gift from Jesus. He says, be, be, be ambitious to be one of those kind of people that whoever you're with, wherever you are, you're stepping with them into their moments, into their struggles, into their anxieties, into their spiritual battles and all of that, but you're doing it in such a way that it's like you're Jesus on the front of the boat and you're looking at the waves and with the power and authority of the Spirit, you just say, be still. A peaceful, a peaceable life. Be ambitious to be those kind of people. Do you know that I'm sure we're all, we've got friends and workmates and people that we're, we're doing church with and, and kingdom life with and the, the poor that we're feeding every, every, uh, every week through the work of the Mercy Center. That we're, we're, we're surrounded by people who have got stories of anxiety and difficulty and spiritual battle all the time. Don't run from it. You are a gift from God into that very space. When Jesus says, come, follow me, you've been made for this moment. You've been filled with his spirit to bring good news. Our God rules and reigns, and he is full of mercy and full of forgiveness and power and authority for your circumstance, even as he is for mine. Most of the time, we won't step into that for others because we actually don't even believe it for ourselves. If we would confess that and repent of that, then maybe God might give us a new, a new understanding of his grace that sets us free to be his kind of people for others. Lead a quiet life. Next one, thanks, uh, Jake. Mind your business. Just get your nose out of other people's business. That's what Paul's saying. Don't be one of those people that just go, because this was going on in their context. There was people going from house to house, getting stuck into everybody's business, and, oh, did you know about that, and this, and uh, before you know it, it just becomes these inflamed narratives that people are trying to defend their whole life against all the time. Paul's saying, just have nothing to do with that. Mind your business. What is your business? What is my business today? Am I, am I in touch with 
am I listening for? Am I given over to what Jesus is saying to me today when he says, when I woke up this morning, he says, follow me, Kirk. Do this with me today. Am I present to that? Are we present to that or are we busy, busy bodying about, well, they, need to, they should be doing this. They should sort that. They should stop behaving like that. Be present. Be centred. If there's one thing this anxious world needs, it's the Jesus people who know what it means to stand on the front of the boat in the middle of the storm and say, be still. Heaven and earth people. Kingdom of God people. Mind your own business. And if you're in business that's not your own, get out of it. Get out of it fast. Because it will lead you, it will trap you, it will entice you, and it will keep saying, come this way, come this way. And before you know it, it just ends up a mess of entanglement and enmeshment and all sorts of uh, agreements and stuff that is unhealthy. The reason why Paul's writing this is, is because this has been happening for a long time. Wherever God is trying to establish community and fellowship of believers in the earth, this thing kind of wants to buzz around it and get in the middle of it all. Just keep your nose out of it. Keep your nose clean. Just stay out of it. When you see something of concern, our first point of call is to Jesus. Show me, Lord, how can I be in prayer? Keep the counsel of the wisdom and the grace of the Holy Spirit. And keep the counsel of your mouth closed. Keep that between you and the Lord. Lest the Lord says, I'm going to send them to you. And he's prepped your heart to be able to represent Jesus well to them. A word in season sets the captive free. Mind your own business. And he says this. The next one, thanks, Jake. He says, work with your hands. You. Paul was um, busy tearing around the world, that then known world, planting churches. And the way that he did that was he had a, he had a job. He made tents. He worked hard. He labored hard. And then he preached just as hard. He wanted to work with his hands because, as the Bible tells us, idleness is unhealthy for us. You see, at the very beginning in the book of Genesis, when God said to Adam and Eve, steward my creation, he was saying, as my image bearers, reflect my will into my good creation. Partner with me in tending for and tending to a flourishing earth. Join with me, and at the end of each day, bring all of the praises of, of the earth and reflect it back to me as my image bearers. That's the gift of God, of being a full human being, alive to God. We get to partner with God and work with God, stewarding what God is doing as he's bringing his love into the earth bringing the grace of heaven to earth and then bringing the praises of earth to heaven. Even in the way that we take the rubbish out to the curve at night. Work with your hands. Because there was, culturally it's very much like today. People were just opportunists and taking opportunity of each other to leverage off the kindness and the goodwill of others in such a way that it, it, it robbed from people. 
and didn't give them life. Work with your hands. We've got some really big challenges as a as a as a as a as a country. We've got some really big challenges. We've got systems of years of endemic unemployment, generationally. The kingdom of God has come that we might work with our hands, that we might know our true vocation of what it means to be a human being filled with God, stewarding that as a gift to the world in the way that we are an accountant, in the way that we're a nurse, in the way that we're school teachers, in the way that we care for the poor. As hairdressers and as mums and as dads and as, as, as aunties and as kids, all of it, every part of it. Work with your hands. And the reason is for this. The last one, thanks, thanks uh, Jake, is because Paul says, so that your daily life would win the respect of those who are watching. You know, you're under the microscope. Did you know that? It's not the microscope of God going, oh, they better get it right. I'm talking about the microscope of people who are looking at your life and looking at my life and going, what is it that they have that I know I fundamentally need? Because the way they live is somehow quantifiably different, and I want it. Paul says, work with your hands, keep your nose out of other people's business and mind your own. Lead a quiet life and be ambitious to, to exalt and honour others and love people because that's what God's already teaching you to do. So that our lives, infused with the Spirit, tell a better story that would win people to Jesus. And so the question what we finish with this morning is this, how can I partner with Jesus to live my today in such a way that the story of his kingdom and grace flows through me that others might see him and want him? Discipleship. When Jesus says, come, follow me. This is what building a kingdom life looks like. You, 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 you guys are not, um, you're not saved to be consumers of, of, um, of spiritual heroes. You're not saved to be consumers of of spiritual fads that are here today and gone tomorrow. You are saved into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, who was there when the earth and the heavens were spoken into being, and that through him it all holds together, and through him it is all returning. You... You've been saved into Jesus. Who wants to be saved into Jesus? I mean, who wants to be saved into Jesus and live the kingdom life?
If, if you want to be saved into Jesus today and you want to king, live the kingdom life, whether you've said this once or this is like I'm lining up for the 73rd time to make this good confession, would you stand right now with me? Because I want to ask the Spirit of God to come upon you and fill you with his power and the fuel and the fiery love of Jesus to build a kingdom life. Heavenly Father, here we are. Just posture yourselves maybe just to say, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to give away and to receive whatever you, you say in this moment, God. Just, just stand before God. Heavenly Father, here we are, hearts wide open, coming underneath the powerful conviction and work of your spirit. And that conviction is not about guilt, it's about liberation and freedom. Oh, heck, Holy Spirit, we love you. Come now with power. Liberate us. Birth in us. Meet in us the kingdom of God. Let the Lordship of Jesus fill us now. Fuel us now. Give us vision. Let those dreams and visions of of living the kingdom life in the earth, just like it is in heaven, birth that again in us right now, I pray, Holy Spirit. Right now. Let it come. Let it come. Let the fire of the Spirit come upon you now. Receive the kingdom of God. That's it. That's it more, Lord. Some of you are giving your life to Jesus for the very first time in this moment. I bless you. I bless you and say, well done. Your sins are forgiven. You are set free. You're made right with God. Now be filled with his spirit and come fully alive. And for those of us that are standing up for the 73rd or whatever time it is, be filled again. Be born again by the power of the Spirit. Come alive to God and who he's saved you to be as one of his most precious people. Now, Lord, I will be bold and ask, Father, I will ask in this moment, you would activate our lives, God. That where we're loving people and we feel like we can't do anymore, help us, Holy Spirit, to hear the counsel of the word of of God that says through Paul, do it more. In this hour, do it more. More than ever, do it more. Show us how we can do that more, Lord. Where we feel like we're, we're spent and done or out of energy, fill us with your spirit. We want to be present, peace bringing, quiet, faithful, bearers of the good news that would see our town, our families, our street, our children and our grandchildren forever forever changed by your mercy and your love. Activate us, Lord. Give us a vision, even in this one moment right now, of the next thing that we can do with you as you're saying, follow me. Just pay attention to that right now. Right now.
We want to be an ambitious people. We want to be like you, Jesus. Wow. I thank you for everything that you're releasing and imparting in this moment, Lord. That's it. I thank you. Now, there's a number of you in this room right now. There's, there's, there's pictures and things that are coming alive to your head and to your heart. And it's God, it's Jesus. He's saying, here, step into that with me this week. For some of you, the, the Spirit of the Lord is on you. I can see like the, the vibrating, fiery presence of the Holy Spirit is resting upon you. Your skin is flushed. It's going red. And some of you are just gently shaking and vibrating under the power of the Spirit. Give that away wherever you can. Sometimes you may not even understand what it is that you're giving away, but it's the love of God. As you feel his love upon you, so give it away to others. I bless you. I bless you. Church, you are a wonderful idea of God. And for anyone who's got any doubt in this moment that is standing, I just say to that doubt, in the name of Jesus, you belong to him. You belong to him and no other. You belong to him. And he is filling you with his spirit. He's filling you with his very spirit. And as, as we go today, Lord, We finish where we began with that last, little, that last little quote where we began. God has been working miracles throughout history and is still doing it today. As his people, we walk in his power to bring his kingdom. Going about our lives naturally, we pray for healing and miracles and listen to God's voice in all circumstances <laughs> you can't make that up you just can't do it this is god what a wonderful invitation and so i i i do want to some of us need to go now and i want to bless you to go and go freely go enjoy whatever it is you've got on today there's there's also the young guys have cooked a whole bunch of barbecue up the back there go and enjoy some of their good cooking <laughs>